What good is a promise? So many get broken, remain unfulfilled, should never have been made in the first place or believed. For every promise kept, we can name two that others have broken, or ten we failed to keep ourselves. But God, when God makes a promise, there is no breaking, no failure, no maybe, no might, no probably. For what God has sworn, He will do. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome, and thank you so much for watching with us on the live stream. Uh, we actually have a small handful of staff in the room right now and some family. I tell you what, to actually talk to human beings and not just cameras is an unbelievable gift. So thanks for being here. Also, thanks to those of you who are watching online. You know, one of the cool things about the live stream is that people from around the world actually have an opportunity to tune in. And two of the people who are watching right now are from Brandon, Manitoba. It happened to be my mom and my dad. And so I haven't been home on a Father's Day for a really, really, really long time. So now's my opportunity, live and in real time on a Sunday morning at uh, 11.39 a.m. to be able to say to my dad who's watching, Happy Father's Day. Love you. Uh, just so you know, my dad will be crying right now. That's where I get it from. Um, but dad, thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for modeling what a relationship with Jesus looked like. And uh, I love you and I hope you have an amazing day. Hope you feel honored today. And let's start with some really, really good news. Uh, the really good news is we are one week closer to being able to open. As Melanie told us, uh, we wish you could, we could give you an, a specific date. We don't have that yet because the target kind of keeps moving and changing. But the good news is we're one week closer to making that happen. I hope you'll stay tuned for that. I also want to give you some really good news. Several weeks ago, we created an opportunity for the people of Christ the King to partner with us one more time with our global partners and to help feed people, widows and orphans on the other side of the world who uh, are facing a different set of challenges than we're facing even here with all the COVID stuff that's going on. Let me show you a picture. Uh, the man in the center there is one of my heroes. His name is John McCallwick. John is here. He took money that you gave because you fund our missions budget and our emergency projects. They turned it into real food emergency uh, packages that were given to people who were literally hanging by a thread. John did that uh, on our behalf, but he did it because of your generosity. I want to say thank you. I also want to show you another picture of a project that's happening in Engakara, Tanzania right now. Uh, several weeks ago, uh, our missions director from Christ the King, who also happens to be my wife, uh, challenged me as a member of our church council to be generous in the face of all of your generosity. And what we were able to do was to, was to pay forward one of our projects uh, in memory of a man by the name of Bob Gist. Let me tell you about Bob. Bob and his wife, Linda, have invested hours, months, even years of time in Engekarit, Tanzania. Uh, it's a place where we house a school and a clinic. It's a community place where people come and gather and not only get, get literal life-saving uh, services, but they also have an opportunity to be educated, not just with regular education, but education about Jesus. Uh, the picture that you saw is the work that's happening right now in Ngekarit as they are creating and finishing a project that we're going to call the Bob Gist Memorial Teachers Housing Project in Tanzania. That happened because of your generosity. It also happened because 
Bob and Linda are amazing human beings who gave themselves away in the world of missions on the other side of the world. So I want you to know that you're making a difference just like Bob made a difference and we are so excited to be able to partner with our partners around the world who are doing incredible, incredible work. Uh, Melanie, when she was uh, graciously welcoming me, uh, said, we're going to welcome Grant back. Well, if it's good to be back, it implies that Laurel and I went away, and that's exactly what we did. Laurel and I went away because we were thirsty. We were thirsty for rest, thirsty for sleep, thirsty for connection with God, and thirsty for a break from the demands of what has been, just like in your life for us, has been a very challenging season. This last season has been very challenging in a lot of different ways. We had to shift very quickly to virtual church. We've had to stay connected with people, very hurting people, and, and yet trying to do that from a distance, trying to do pastoral care from a distance is an unbelievable challenge. We've been dealing with not a decreased level of trauma in people's life, but an increased level of trauma in people's lives. And having to do that from a distance has just been difficult. This season had left us tired and in need of rest. We were thirsty for relief. And so we accepted an invitation from Jesus to step away and to feel relief and restoration in our soul. And I'd like to propose that we all do that together today. That we step into God's rest and relief. And we're going to do that through Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55 says, come all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. Can we be can we just be very raw today? We're all thirsty for something. Some are thirsty for justice. Some are thirsty for peace. Some are thirsty for both. Some are thirsty for calm. Others are thirsty for change. Some are thirsty for normal. Others are craving a taste of new. Some are thirsty for resolution. Others are thirsty for restoration. Some are thirsty for loud voices. Others are just so desirous of quiet. All are thirsty. And to all who are thirsty, Jesus says, come. Isaiah 55 is an open invitation to every single one of us, and it's filled with promises. I'm only going to pull out a few of them. There are so many more there. I hope that you'll go back during the week and open Isaiah 55 and see the promises that God has for you. The first promise is the promise of payment. The promise of payment. Isaiah 55 opens with these words, Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. All you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Jesus invites all of us who are thirsty to come to his living water, the living water of his presence, and drink until we are absolutely satisfied. And here's the amazing part. Everything that God offers is free. He invites all of us to come and fill our bellies with the bread of life and our thirsty souls with milk and wine. People in this culture would have sat up on the edge of their seat because milk and wine were both seen as luxuries. God is inviting you to partake of his luxurious extravagance. I love the language here. You who have no money, come buy and eat. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it, right? Because if you don't have any money, 
You don't get to sit down and, and enjoy a meal if you're going to a restaurant. Maybe you've experienced that before. I know I have. You know, you walk up to an establishment. You can smell the meal that, that's coming out of the kitchen. It, it smells so unbelievably good. You look at the menu and you're thinking, I want everything that they're offering. And then you slide your finger across the menu that's posted outside and you see the prices. And you're suddenly at a conclusion. I want it, but I can't afford it. I want this meal, but I don't have enough money to cover the bill. Jesus says, you can't afford what I'm offering you. You can't afford salvation, grace, mercy, and eternity. But here's the good news. Don't worry about the bill. Jesus says, I have it covered. In fact, he says, go ahead, order whatever you want. It's completely covered. Sit down and satisfy your soul. Jesus invites us to respond to his invitation to come together and be satisfied with his eternal promises. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who I believe arguably it was the greatest preacher in human history, said these words. He said, Bible promises are checks drawn on heaven's bank that we endorse in faith and present to God for payment. Let me say that again. It's so good. Bible promises are checks drawn on heaven's bank that we endorse in faith and present to God for payment. How do we do that? We do that by claiming the promise of salvation. That's what comes next. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. If you've got your outline along with you, if you're taking notes, if you've got your Bible open, which is even better, I want to encourage you just to circle four words in that little passage. Circle the words seek, call, forsake, and turn. Because those words embody the promise of salvation. Seek. Okay, let's break this out. Just to be clear, you're not seeking God because God got lost. Okay, you're seeking God because you acknowledge somewhere along the way you stepped off of the path that you were on and you got lost. You started buying lies that weren't true. You started believing that anything other than Jesus could satisfy that thirst in your soul. You made the mistake of believing you could run your life better than God could. You did your own thing and you ended up empty and on your own. And now in your brokenness, you hear a voice calling that says, hey, thirsty person, come here. Come just as you are. Come back to where God has always been and seek Jesus. Seek. Second word's call. I don't think I'm the only one in the room or watching today who has prayed prayers like this, called out to God, God help me, God save me. God save us, God deliver us, God protect us. God, I'm thirsty, you are living water. The Bible says, seek God. Then it also says, call on his name. Call out, no matter what situation you find yourself in, call out to God as your only solution. The next word is forsake. I can look back at seasons in my life where I've had to come back to God and just say, God, I want to acknowledge something. My ways are selfish, arrogant, self-serving, and flat-out evil. Given an opportunity, I will choose me 100% of the time. I will choose what's best for me, what works for me, what I like, and what I want. But based on your invitation, I'm going to forsake that. I'm going to leave that all behind, and I'm going to make a decision today. I choose you. No other one, no other cause, no other allegiance 
I choose you. I'm going to forsake my old life and my old decisions, and I'm going to turn full on towards the cross of Jesus. Do you notice I said turn to the cross of Jesus? That's the last word. I remember prayers coming out of my heart. God, I really thought I knew what I was doing. I really thought something would satisfy this craving in my soul. God, I really thought I could pay my own way, but I was wrong, so I'm going to turn from my old way of life. I'm going to forsake it, and I'm going to turn towards you. I grew up with an old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, I want you to notice something. It says, seek the Lord, call on the Lord, forsake, turn towards the Lord while he is near. That's right now. Because the Bible says there is a day coming when Jesus is going to draw a line in the sand of human history and the opportunity to draw near to God is actually going to come to a close. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. Now is the day to seek God and call on him and forsake and turn. Today is the day of salvation. And if you have never experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the day. Claim that promise of salvation. Let's keep going. Why would I do that? Why would I seek God, call on his name? Why would I forsake my old life and turn in a brand new direction? It's because of the promise of purpose. Isaiah 55, famous words. For my thoughts, God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's do a little Hebrew lesson here very quickly. When you see the word thoughts, I want you to think about purposes and intentions. That God's purposes and his intentions are beyond our ability to understand them. When you see the word ways, I want you to think about direction. So God is directing you towards his purposes and his intentions. So God's purposes are beyond understanding. God's directions are way above all of our pay grade. Which brings about an interesting comfort for me. I hear these statements a lot. Maybe you've heard people say the same things. Man, it looks like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, our society is falling apart at the seams. It's like the world is broken beyond salvage. That may be the way that it feels, but I want you to stop for a second. That may be the way that it feels, but we need to understand, according to this promise, that God is working in ways that we can't understand or comprehend. God is bringing about a brokenness right now so that unity and love are our only option. God will have his way. Don't doubt it for a second. Do you remember back to the first week of the series? We claimed a promise of God. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, broken society, COVID-19, nothing can stand against it. God is working the plan of salvation at all times for all people, for his purpose, and it will be accomplished. Keep going. I love this next one. It's the promise of return. Promise of return. Listen to these words. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty 
but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I want to focus on those words. My word that goes out of my mouth. So God is talking about himself. My word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return empty. That is a promise, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I'm going to stand on that promise right now. So Laurel and I had an opportunity to have a little season of rest. While we were gone, and while I've been back, there have been many opportunities to both listen and learn in the midst of everything that we see happening in our world. An opportunity to engage in conversations where you can both listen and learn and have your perceptions challenged and your heart expanded. Just last week, I sat down with a black brother. I just call him brother. He just calls me brother, but it's important and heartbreaking that I have to tell you the race of my brother for the sake of this conversation. We've been brothers a long time. And when we saw each other, I don't care about social distancing, we hugged and we talked and we cried and I mourned with him, and I learned from him, and I heard his heart, and we prayed together, and some parts of the conversation were uncomfortable, but it was unmistakably the conversation of family. Because we're brothers. I sat with a white police officer who was absolutely appalled and distraught by what he saw on his phone from Minneapolis. We've been brothers a long time. So we talked and we cried and I mourned with him and I learned and I heard his heart and we prayed together and there were times in the conversation where it was uncomfortable but it was unmistakably family from beginning to end. I talked with two sets of parents who wanted to know how they should navigate the current situation in our world with their children. I've been their pastor for a long time and we talked and cried and we mourned together and I learned from them and I heard their hearts because they've all adopted children from different countries and they've had to come face to face and stare down the evil of racism right here in our community. And at times our conversation was uncomfortable, but it was unmistakably family from beginning to end. I sat at a socially distant civic meeting this past week about the issues in our country and in our county. When it was time to share my perspective, the person who went before me said, and I quote, I, have, I hope you have something more relevant to share than just Bible verses. took a deep breath. <laughs> thoughts were bouncing around inside of my brain, thoughts that went something along the lines of, well, our human wisdom has created this chaos, so maybe we should be appealing to a higher wisdom and listening to Scripture that was bouncing around inside of my head. And I understand where people are coming from because there's a lot of people these days who are posting a lot of Bible verses I believe before we post a Bible verse, we should live it. And just so you know, in that meeting, 
I did quote the Bible. I did quote the Bible because I don't have anything more relevant to say than, than what Scripture has to say. And I appreciated the prompt because I just started thinking about how the meetings and conversations I had with different parts of our family here at Christ the King, I, I kept thinking back to how often Scripture just seemed to be the only response in the face of so much pain. How the Bible became the basis for for responses that, that were pouring out and these words from God that showed up in every conversation. And I'm going to warn you before I start reading some of these pieces of scripture that the word of God will make us all uncomfortable because that's what the word does. It confronts all of us and then calls us to a higher place because that's where Jesus needs his people to go. So if you would allow me, I would like to boldly speak to the issues of our world on behalf of God, without commentary, just scripture. To the issue of allegiance, God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Exodus 20, verse 2. To the issue of our community, God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Mark chapter 12. To the issue of a man named George dying, God says, thou shalt not commit murder. Exodus 20 verse 13. To the issue of the need for justice, God says, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. Amos chapter 5. To the issue of peaceful protest in the face of injustice, God says, shout it aloud, don't hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. Same issue, different take. God says, in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those that are in need. To the issue of godly conduct, God says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. To the issue of your opinion and how you hold your opinion. God says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James chapter 1. To the issue of honor, God says, 
Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Romans 13. To the issue of God's dealing with his humanity. God says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3. To the issue of God's heart for all people, God says, through John. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. To the issue of how God sees us in our differences, God says through Peter, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. To the issue of the mindset that this is not my problem, God says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. To the issue of unity, God says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Thus saith the Lord, And now I'm going to trust the good work of the Holy Spirit in all of us to convict, to quiet, to unsettle, to prod, and to shape all of us as he sees fit. So that one day we can find the final promise, which is the promise of peace. Isaiah 55 wraps up with these words, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into songs before you and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown or an everlasting sign that will endure forever. There's a promise that if we are willing to be conformed into the image of Christ, that one day God's going to set it all right again. This is a promise that God's glory will win the day. Are we there yet? No. Can we tie a nice tidy bow on the season of unrest and just pray it away? God forbid. There's just too much learning and listening to do. But our current reality and our ability to press for God's kingdom to come is sustained by one promise and one promise alone, and that's the promise of peace. 
It's an invitation. The question is, will you accept it? Because now is the time to RSVP. So I grew up in Canada. I took just enough French to be really, really dangerous with the language. RSVP. Répondez, s'il vous plaît. Simply translated, please respond. Please respond. This week, my email box has been filled with a question that so many are asking. Grant, what are we supposed to do? What do we do in the midst of everything that's happening around us? What are we supposed to do? I have a one-word answer. Care. Care about John and the food program in Tanzania. Care about teachers in Ingecarrot. Care about my brothers and the families that come to this church in your community. Care about the hurt. Care about the pain. Listen and learn and cling to the promises of God. This week, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. Respond with the promises of God. Respond with the heart of God. Respond with the grace of God. Respond with the justice of God. Respond with the hope of God. In a few moments, we're going to pray. And that's just a precursor to what's happening this Friday. This Friday is our day to pray as a church. We chose the fourth Friday of the month, the Christ the King. While we can't gather in this room, we can certainly gather in the throne room of God to come together and to cry out to God for healing. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. That's where it starts. We're going to circulate a prayer guide in my prayer letter this week and in the day to pray. If you haven't signed up, you can sign up for a 30-minute slot or a 60-minute slot. I just want to encourage you. Now is the time for us to pray and care. So we'll gather on Friday to pray and we're going to pray right now as we close our time together and then we're going to experience a different kind of prayer, a prayer of blessing that we will both receive and then bless our community with. I think this would be a good time to change our posture. So I'm going to invite the handful of people in the room, if you'd stand with me. And to those of you that are at home, if you're sitting right now, would you stand? Or maybe you would choose to kneel or prostrate yourself and lay fully on the floor in the presence of Jesus. Let's pray together right now. God, we're thirsty for hope and peace. We're thirsty for justice and thirsty for love. God, help us to care, to hear, experience, and feel the pain. And God, may we experience your love. God, I thank you for everyone who's watching at home. We long for the day we can come back together, but I thank you that homes are sacred places. Holy Spirit, come right now. Press this scripture in on us change us, shape us, mold us. And God, now as we receive the blessing of God, may we also sing the blessing of God over our community, our state, our country, our world.
Jesus, meet us here. Come living water. Let us drink. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.